Welcome to another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast with me, James Roberts, transformational coach, two-time Paralympian, and TEDx speaker. I have another awesome episode for you today, so let's get straight into it. And on today's show, I've got Sarah Callahan. Sarah is a fitness and nutrition coach and has been working on her craft since 2015. She's originally from Connecticut and in 2012 made the move to the greater Boston area where she fell in love with nutrition and fitness. However, fitness and nutrition didn't always come easy to her. She was previously an athlete for most of her life and after graduating college where she was a collegiate swimmer, she experienced highs and lows with food, sometimes gaining weight and wasn't eating well or exercising. Other times was counting calories, did tons of cardio and starved. Neither ends of the spectrum were healthy, unsustainable or constructive. These fluctuations lasted about two years before she started her fitness journey where you see her today. Since 2015, she has been learning, experimenting, losing body fat, gaining muscle, becoming much healthier and coaching people to have a better, healthier relationship with themselves and food. So welcome onto the show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. So if we go back to the the early days of even before you got into coaching, how did you fall into swimming in the first place? Because obviously it's not the thing, first thing people will come to mind when they think of athletics. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had started swimming competitively when I was eight. So to be honest, I'm not sure how my parents got turned on to it, but all three of my my sisters and I all started swimming when we were really young. I might've even been seven, but regardless, when I was very young, swam all growing up in high school. And then when I went to college, I swam there as well. Um, so it was always something that was present in my life. Um, and then to your point, not necessarily a typical sport per se. Um, so that in itself was, was interesting. I always found that we were like defending swimming as a sport in a way, you know, that it was different than other sports in that sense. Um, but yeah, for as long as I could remember, I had that athletic attachment. Um, you know, we had practice all the time. We were always moving. So food was a different type of focus too at that point. And then graduating was <laughs> a shove into the real world, if you will, without um, you know, that specific fitness all the time. Obviously, well, I was a swimmer, but so, so I know where you're coming from in terms of practice and things like that. For the audience that maybe don't have uh, a sibling, don't have a son or daughter who have not been swimmers themselves. Um, do you think to talk to them about obviously the dedication that you need to have? Cause I, I, I know that the, 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 these are unsociable hours and things like that what what was it for, what kind of practice times did you have as uh, a swimmer growing up then you know growing up and I was just talking to my sisters about this the other day because it was like that reflection on how crazy it was but we swam until 9 30 and 9 45 at night like that's when practices ended so it was what 7 30 to 9 30 um 
at night. And then we also had morning sessions that I think were 5.15 to 7 or, or something along those lines. And so it was always at like the outskirts of days, right? So sleep was, was a thing. Um, into college as well, we had mornings and, and evenings too. Um, and, and that was in itself pretty challenging um, just to have that level of commitment with those timeframes. Um, but it was interesting, I think, as a sport and, and, you know, correct me if, if this is not quite where you were going, but it was both a team sport and an individual sport. And so you kind of had to have a, a you know, a toe in both places, if you will, um, because it was definitely an individual push, but then what you were doing contributed to the team as a whole. So it was a, an interesting um, just athletic pursuit in that sense as well, right? Like, mm -hmm. unlike basketball, football, et cetera. Um, yeah. Why, why do you think you went in such a... Oh, God, we're gonna, how, how I would describe this. Volatile way with your eating after swimming. Why, why do you think that was the case? You know, I'm not even sure if it was a severe difference from what I had been eating. However, the amount of movement that I was doing just severely decreased. So even if I just kept, you know, eating and, and drinking and partaking in, in exactly the same things that I had been, it was the change in my activity level that really led to that feeling of dissatisfaction. And at that time, I didn't understand it because I didn't understand food, you know, well enough to be able to make those adjustments for myself. Um, and it was like just continuing to gain weight, continuing to not feel good about myself, continuing to try to go to the gym and, and get a similar output to what I had been doing, but just not seeing the same results. And so that was that volatility if you will or, or dissatisfaction that came following swimming yeah why <laughs> why 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 do you feel you went to the, such an extreme on one end one end of the spectrum to 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 the other from a from a professional standpoint now um good question it was definitely a lack of knowledge like that was absolutely part of it um you know even i reflect back now if i had a quarter of the knowledge about food that I have now, then I imagine my swimming career would have been world different, right? Just being able to fuel myself differently. Um, but it was, it was lack of knowledge. It was lack of any parameters really around food um, at the time, at least. Um, and, and not that I have very extreme parameters around food now, but there's certainly a different level of uh, choice that I make now versus what I had been doing then. Um, yeah. What, what do you think Sarah is missing then for say a high school athlete say versus in the U S you'd probably say basketball or football gets pretty much the cake and get to eat it when it comes to facilities, you name it, especially at collegiate level. What what do you think is missing in terms of education for those individuals that partake in maybe in, in minor sports when it comes mm -hmm. to especially 
as you and I know professionally, makes up 80% of somebody's transformational result that they're trying to achieve. Sure. You know, I, I can't recall getting any kind of guidance about food. When I was in college, actually, I recall my coach saying uh, that, I don't even know if this is the exact words, but this is how it felt like it came across, right? Is that um, over the summer, a lot of us got fat. And so we have to lose some weight. And like, that was the uh, extent of the recommendations, right? So I imagine having potentially a, you know, sample healthy food day that had a, an, a, an example of what a balanced food plan looked like for someone who was, um, you know, expending as many calories as swimmers were or are. Um, and, and I know that basketball, football, et cetera, that they do get those kinds of recommendations. Um, <clears throat> I don't imagine that it would need to go into, uh, sorry, I'm pregnant and every once in a while I get like waves of nausea. <laughs> so that's a side note. So sorry about that. Um, just needed a second. Uh, but I don't know that it would need to go into like supplementation for those level of athletes, but I think it's like a pressure or a recommendation on eating real foods, um, prioritizing protein and how much protein an athlete needs. Um, and then what carb intake for someone who is expending again, as many calories as different at levels of athletes are need, because again, in my experience, it was, you need to lose weight. So cut out carbs. And, and while that might be true to an extent, that blanket type statement doesn't address, uh, A, the need for, for carbs and energy, but also what we should be prioritizing instead if we were to adjust intake of some of those foods. Did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah you did. You 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 bring up a, a a good point of obviously what language people use because obviously that could be to be take taken out of context by any number of different ways. Uh, you could take offense to what the the coach said and and become a very um, aggressive in terms of being very confrontational to, towards that. Um, obviously, some people could go into their shell because they take it to heart and they take on the behavior that's going to associate with obviously what's being said of, of, right. of a belief. So, and, and, and you've, you, you've probably seen what you specifically would working in the health and fitness and wellness arena. There's been a massive mm -hmm. shift in terms of like mindset as very important when it looks at behavior and habits of an individual. And I think sport is, maybe embrace it a little bit with some reluctance I think because uh, obviously there's that old school kind of thought process of coaching as we're going to coach everybody the exact same way regardless of how they take on board that information which is it's more uh, you need people skills to be able to coach people in a plethora of different ways because everybody's going to respond differently to different coaching styles but I think what you mentioned when it comes to language of let's cut out carbs because you look fat and obviously 
um, it's probably going to be more stigmatization towards women's sports uh, yep. to, to use that narrative. Thus, you're going to do whatever it takes to obviously look a certain way despite performance because obviously we're going you talk we talk you touch upon carbohydrates as an athlete as the primary source and a big portion of what what they're going to eat day in day out without obviously having uh the myth of you know carb loading but we won't talk we won't touch upon we won't talk about that to a certain extent it can be quite dangerous because obviously you you potentially have gone down a different route because of what somebody has said. Right. And, you know, I mean, this is a little bit specific, but there were also women on our team and we were on a co-ed swim team, which debatably even added to some of the, uh, maybe reflection on what our bodies looked like or how we felt about them. Right. So, but there were women on our team who I'll speak for myself. I suspected of having uh, disordered eating patterns, right. Whether they, you know, didn't go to meals or, you know, when they did get food, it was just a salad, you know, and it was lettuce and that's it. <laughs> um, and, and again, when you think about what their energy export was, how they were impacted by, you know, different genders all being present together, what the coach was saying, the, again, lack of any education around food, um, that's a very dangerous place to be. And not to mention still trying to do school and, and be successful with uh, academics. It, it was a very slippery slope. Um, and that lack of education then to go back to what you were mentioning earlier led to that kind of volatility once I graduated and, and had no more sports. <laughs> uh, you know, it's very, uh, I lacked motivation to do different levels of fitness or at least to try as hard as I had previously been trying in swimming um, and, and debatably led to my own disordered eating to an extent, right? Of, um, you know, oh, I ate so much yesterday. So let me try to purposely eat less today. Like even that mindset was tricky and slippery. Um, and I see that a lot working with people today too. Why, why do you think you lost motivation? Because that's quite interesting. Um. I imagine it wasn't right in front of me anymore. You know, like I, we were swimming, practicing for 20 hours a week. It was basically, you know, a part-time job. And then when the season ended or when school ended, I didn't have to work out that much. And I would never elect to, nor would I recommend the average person work out that much outside of a sport, you know, debatably. Um, that my effort level just shifted. Um, and I also think I didn't know what to do then. And so I was like going to a local gym and just doing an hour of cardio on an elliptical or something and expecting it to just magically have the same results as when I was 
strength training and doing intervals and swimming and running and et cetera. And it wasn't, was not the same. Um, so I think there was still a motivation to move and to do fitness. Mm. It just looked different. Yeah. And I was unwilling to put in as much effort as I previously had. Now, um, fast forward, let me think, like three years later or so, um, my boyfriend at the time started CrossFit. And I said, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to try that hard. Long story short is I did eventually try it, basically fell in love with it and kind of refound that motivation to try really hard again. And that was a really cool, uh, you know, path to see. Um, and I ended up being very competitive in the CrossFit space and uh, for quite some time. And that was really fun <laughs> too. So different, but fun. Do you think, Sarah, you lost your identity, so, so to speak? <laughs> When swimming ended? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I think probably to an extent, yes. You know, because I was pretty good. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with divisions of sport in U.S. Uh, collegiate athletics. Um, but, you know, I was a division three athlete, which is, you know, the third of the, of three, however, went to national championships and like did pretty well. I swam uh, the mile, like a distance swimming. And so it was like, I took a lot of pride in my ability to be successful at that because the simple act of racing swimming for, you know, 17, 18 minutes or however long it was took a lot. Uh, and that level of dedication, I think, that I felt towards that and pride that I felt in that was real. Um, then when swimming ended, I imagined that it was more of like, a, okay, now shift to real life. Mm -hmm. So now mm -hmm. it's like focus on career or, you know, different paths than athletic. Um, and so I became a teacher, which I loved. but that's a little bit more average <laughs> maybe uh, not that they're you know not to take anything away from teachers teachers are wonderful um and it's an admirable profession certainly but it was a different level of pride than I had when I was swimming you know competitively as I was um and so it was maybe maybe a loss of identity but maybe also a shift to a different identity that I felt less passion about or a different level well, of passion about. I, I can relate to your story because obviously I retired nine years ago as we were recording uh -huh. this, so it's nearly 10 years ago. Um, and obviously that makes me feel old. But in terms <laughs> of I can I can relate because obviously once you call time on on your sporting career it's like well yeah. what's next and what can almost 
you put on an equal footing. So it's almost competitive in your own self as, hey, will will anything ever live up to that hype of what I had before? And for me, obviously, there's a lot of red flags. There's, uh, I think I was taught, because I went into to, to obviously um, teaching as a teaching assistant before I came, before I went back into coaching. And they obviously said, oh, it'll be the best part of your life. It's like, mm, for me, it's not. I've already had it. If nothing can to can be able to to contend with what I've done before, I was already on a hiding to nothing. It's like, well, this is this is shit. This is not. Obviously, I learned quite a lot in two years in, in that profession. Um, some things I probably would change and would would like to do differently, and and not have to to get some of the because I worked in high school, so I got obviously verbal abuse on the daily. I don't get that unless I do a bad job now. But in terms of, and obviously it's, 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 I, I would take it on the chin now because it's, it's rightly deserved. If I've not done my job properly, I quite, I would take somebody's abuse because it's like, oh, you're not happy. Okay. Guess, yeah, I'm not happy that I've not given you what you wanted to. Um, but coming back to my point of that almost in a ter- battle for myself it was trying to find things that could be on equal footing. So I've had the opportunity to, to speak on a TEDx stage. The real reason I wanted to do that initially was to try and do what I did to have something that was as hard, if not more difficult, because public speaking is very difficult to mm-hmm. be on par with my sporting um, prowess. Whereas now if I was to do it again, there's another there's a different motive behind it because obviously I want to deliver something that's better that the audience would get something out of it not just because I have I want to stroke my ego and you know it's so interesting and I think you hit the nail on the head too with the, the whole mindset piece right when you said that you just didn't believe that something could live up to what you felt in your athletic career then nothing will right and and if that's how you think about it and that's how you go into it, then you're absolutely right. Nothing, nothing can, you know, uh, hold up to that. Do you, it, can I ask you a question? Go on, shoot. Do you imagine that that TEDx, TEDx experience and the mindset towards that allowed you to see that there could be different possibilities? Absolutely. 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 Because obviously that, that whole, I can't remember what TED actually stands for, but the the whole uh, what they stand for as an organization is obviously critical thinking, being open minded. What can you learn from? And all you got to do is go on YouTube for for for, for talks. Um, I don't think anybody be able to consume because there's so many out there and there's only so, so many coming pretty much every month. That once once i'd done it it kind of opened doors well okay you've achieved it Mm -hmm. more difficult than i ever thought took me two years before i actually got on stage um sport wasn't actually (laughs) difficult so to speak (laughs) but it kind of got well i've done this now got feedback from people that i know and oh what could i have done better and obviously I can I can do it's got five hundred views, so it's okay. But what I spoke about was probably not the greatest thing to have spoken about during a pandemic. Um to talk about mm-hmm. motivation to say motivation has it has had its day. I don't think people want to want would have wanted to watch that. So no, I want to find hope. I want to find things that are gonna inspire me. No, I don't want to watch I don't want to watch Jane. 
Um, but there's obviously there there is something to be learned from that. But what to 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 your point, sir, what I probably could learn from that going forward is is that open minding is 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 where you put your thoughts, your beliefs is obviously where you're gonna go in di- in direction. So my undoing to some extent with sport of kind of saying this is the bar and anything mm-hmm. that obviously falls below it is not very good is mm-hmm. is 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 not proactive it's not helpful for most people and obviously me and probably yourself included because we're mm-hmm. gonna have this heightened expectation of hey if it doesn't reach the gold medal standard it's crap so but that's but that's almost an environment that we were obviously subjected to of mm-hmm. you need to deliver this 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 every single day if you don't give 100 percent, there's not it's not worth turning up uh, a kind of mentality of you probably see it in in your the arena now i not all the time but sometimes i'll hear it people it's either 100 mile an hour or it's zero and there's no there's nowhere in between whereas almost giving them that perspective of hey there's something that exists in between there i found it because it's a happy medium you can't go 100 mile an hour continuously without doing harm and if you do at zero obviously uh, i don't have to explain that to anybody because you obviously know (laughs) what will happen so i think it's we are creatures of our environment and i think obviously sport is it's evolving as we speak because what we were coached in is probably archaic it's it's slowly transforming itself to be more more open to having more different ways of thinking because obviously one approach doesn't fit everybody because it's not it's not going to work okay i i play in a team sport now and my coach and i have a dialogue all, not all the time but pretty much every week because I'm one of the senior senior figures in the team, but I can take the I don't like the verbal punishment, but in terms of he he obviously uses to get his point across to the team through other through certain individuals that can kind of take the the verbal punishment to kind of go this is unacceptable, but it's directed at you as an individual, but it's right. single out certain people that may not be able to take the criticism uh, without taking it personally. So I've I've probably said to other teammates, it's like, well, I don't like to receive it sometimes yeah. because I'll respond this way, this way, this way. So obviously the, the coach wants the reaction in the envi- in the environment that you're in. He's going to get it. I don't like what I hear, so I'm going to be proving a point. Still gets what he wants. Or you go into <laughs> your shell. And this is the discussion yeah. I had with my dad uh, last week, um, and he was a counselor after he retired from the from the air force. And he went, "Well, if you did that, and I was your coach, I'd pull you." It's like, well, that's mm. that's, that's 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 fair because obviously it's <laughs> sport is all about winning, and if you're not performing, obviously, hey, let's take you out of that pressured environment. So that was an interesting conversation with my dad in terms of have those three things happened. This is how he would deal with it. Wow! Yeah. And isn't that interesting too? That I mean, everything you just said speaks to uh, differences in human nature, right? I, I too agree with you that 
I, I didn't respond well to that criticism type coaching. Um, and, and, and even to this day, <laughs> um, and, and one of my major philosophies in, back when I was teaching, but also now coaching, um, was about meeting people where they are, right? So understanding you, your goals, what do you want to achieve? Why is that important to you? You know, how do we best work with your lifestyle, et cetera? to set up the parameters that are most appropriate for you to work towards your goals. Um, now, is that possible to do in every situation? Maybe not, but I, again, to your point about shifting philosophies over time, I see more of that in athletics now than when I was growing up, you know, or, or what my experience was in, in competitive if you will well, it's almost um, it's almost brought in not cycles but it's almost like the your and i decade or, or the time that we spent in in, in athletics is predicted by how those individuals were coached and gosh you wouldn't how what era that actually comes from that kind of coaching it's probably the 1950s or something like that in terms of I don't think the modern generation, and I'm generalizing now, would respond. Very, they'd probably walk out, but they'd walk out with a with their held held their head held high and kind of go, "No, I'm not dealing with this." And I'm you know, going that direction. There's such a pushback against changes in generations. Um, you know, like, have you heard the phrases of like, no one wants to work hard anymore, whatever, like the, the kind of bullshit type blanket yeah, I, statement. I saw somebody do that and they flipped it on his head as, and, and I think, I don't know if it was TikTok or Instagram or whatever it was. And they said every generation is like that. I was like, and, and, okay, and wow. This is the thing, right? Is like when we look at it of what it actually looks like generation to generation, I think it's different. Uh levels of what hard work looks like or different um priorities of what life looks like because i think you know i'll speak for myself is i'm i'm much more a person who values quality of life and being able to spend time with friends and family as opposed to like hard work of being 60 hours a week in an office or, or whatever you know and, and so someone in a different generation must might judge that that oh she doesn't want to work hard but to me i'm prioritizing what's important in my life at this time and and again to what you just said like if i were to walk away from a job or an opportunity that was asking me for a different level of work than i was willing to sacrifice my quality of life for you're absolutely right i would walk away with my head held high but people would judge me for it i'm sure <laughs> you know um and, I, I'm, and this is jumping back just a smidge, but I'm curious um, if I heard you correctly say that you think motivation is dead, if I might be paraphrasing. I did that because obviously everybody's looking for that magic pill when it comes to motivation, willpower, totally however you want to call it. 
as that that spark to get them go so i kind of went well you're not supposed to do motivation with tedx what if i go the opposite direction and kind of mm-hmm. criticize it because yeah. and, and i and i've used it as a as a, a tool for work in in a, in a while so um so if people want to go and watch it by all means because i've got other yeah. things that are more po- more positive and people want to maybe consume a little bit more but yeah. i did it because if you were to look at it more from a um, spiritual sense, and I mean it more from meditation mind mindset than as as an, as opposed to religion, it's cyclical. It's it's more it's more like especially for ma- males are pretty much constant. They don't they don't have cycles. Uh, and if we did, we'd probably be maybe in tune with things a little bit more uh, for yeah. the majority. Whereas if you look at nature, you look at women. Uh, everything is in tune with 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 cycles and motivation is one of those things of if you're listening to this now you can't you can't tell to you can't tell me or Sarah that motivation is nowhere to be seen when you want it the most mm. mm-hmm. mm. but it's I think what, but I think what people need they need is obviously the drive the driver that you mentioned is finding Obviously, you and I are very, very good at our jobs, so we will find it out to that person as what if it's not exercise, what what fuels you to that you really feel passionate about, and try to find the, the thing that is the linking between the two, and go, okay, if if your job highly motivates you, what will the exercise or the health benefit that job? And if we took it away, what would be the result of your job which obviously is still is still motive there's some motivation in that job in 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 that job as an example because you were driven to get to the level that you're at because there was some the the motives behind it could be better pay it could be having a better car having better financial whatever reason it was to obviously climb the the corporate ladder that can be applied to health and fitness but i don't think Mm -hmm. some people look at it that way as it's almost like i've stopped doing this because it's 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 confrontational but if you got somebody to prioritize you know the list and if you said oh which is more important work family health Mm -hmm. in and putting a chronicle order order according to what your belief is obviously some people will be adamant as in one case, the person did say that their career was more important than their family and their health. And, and trying to rationalize with somebody like that is very, very difficult because mm-hmm. maybe for you and I, priority number one is is health because we've been doing it since we could could walk. So for us, it's not necessarily priority number one. It's almost like a non-negotiable. As, hey, I've been doing this forever. It seems to work. If it's not broken, why fix it? Whereas if somebody is maybe not being health conscious for for decades because of misinformation, uh, not having the tools, or you name it, the list is probably endless. We're never going to see eye to eye because obviously we've got different parameters to start with. So I've stopped doing that because there's no point yeah. arguing for on the sake of what 
my belief is versus there. So that's probably an evolution I've made and I made that swift. Hey, okay, let's look at it as, as you mentioned before, Sarah, where's the, where's the, the go between where, where can we find commonality to be able to help? My job is not to, um, have a, an argument with somebody and some people are surprised. I've done this recently. I, I kind of, they thought I was going to kind of go, well, you're not doing this, this and this. Why not? It's like, well, no, those, that's what you believe. Do you want to revisit in the future? And they were shocked, but it's, I, I've almost let go of that, com- that competitive, competitive nature or confrontational aspect that's obviously served probably you and I in sport because it's not going to work in the real world because hey. I'm not competing against somebody that's on a level playing field. Thus, we're just going to butt heads and they're going to hate my guts and never come back. I shouldn't laugh about that, but it's the truth. But good for you for recognizing, you know, almost preservation of your own well-being in those kinds of conversations. It doesn't benefit you to fight with people who have different beliefs. Sure, we could take the time to try to find that level playing field, but we can't do that with every person either. Um, And and the reason why I wanted to go back to that motivation question as well is because I also tend to believe that we can't and, and, and won't have motivation all the time that we shouldn't necessarily rely on it all the time. But to your point about cycles, I see it too as the habits or the non-negotiables that we put in place feed motivation and then motivation feeds the habits. (laughs) So like it almost works together, if you will, right? If, if I establish a habit, which I do have, you know, every day I go for a walk and I do a workout at, you know, three 30, four o'clock as like a, you know, afternoon break, if you will. But I've made space in my schedule for that. I don't schedule other things in that time period. I know the workout that I'm going to do at that time, you know, but I've created habits for myself now that I don't have to rely on motivation, but as I see results from my workouts, then it feels better and thus I keep doing it. So it kind of all connects, right? Um, And that's the mindset piece too, that I think the connection is missing. Does that make sense? Like to, to me, to me, it does. Because obviously, what, <laughs> right. what we're alluding to is discipline, commitment, and structure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think the buzzword that people want to use is willpower and motivation. Because it's either I've I've flipped this on its head with with things in time. As in, you don't lack motivation, you don't lack willpower. You lose those abilities. It's almost like losing a set of keys. You you're gonna mm-hmm. find it eventually. It's just a matter of when, whereas if you looked at it in terms of like black and white, do you have commitment issues, which is that probably that's really, that's like a big one, that's probably a big one. Structure is an easy fix because everybody's got a one, we've got a cell phone or mobile mm-hmm. phone to, to pretty much got a calendar on it. And it's comes down to how disciplined you want to be. So Obviously, there's going to be some flexibility when it comes to it because while well, you both and I, both and I work in the health and fitness work things, 
the industry itself doesn't want people to succeed because it's a lot easier to keep them on the merry-go-round and just say, oh, it's the diet, just do another one. Where in fact, mm-hmm. it's it's because they're so restrictive and they don't allow people flexibility that it's only going to work for a certain amount of time and turn that person makes it a lifestyle choice. And I try not to use the word diet other than technically sure because it's in the dick it's in the dic- I but I probably predicated on nutrition because that's what I went on to do study um at university with sports science is, is nutrition. So yes it should be that diet and then it what I think the definition of dictionary is is, is a is a is a lifestyle. Thus you would do that whereas it's almost been hijacked to oh you want to lose weight do a diet whereas we're not going to be able to change that it will take decades if not centuries to to, to change that behavior but if people looked at it realistically as if i'm going on something that's restrictive i don't know what i don't know what i was doing beforehand from 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 a eating perspective so there's no discipline there's no structure and there's no plan you're bound to lose weight on, on something yeah. that is exactly those three things. And right. once you go back and come back, uh, let me rephrase that. Once you come off it and go back to normal, don't be surprised that you put the weight on. I think people are baffled by that. But if I just explain that in simple terms, you just go back and replay that over and over again. That's pretty much what what, what is wrong with the, the industry is that education because... Oh, you and I probably could say, oh, okay, it's calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie to a red in the face. But that's simply what it is. And I think people, uh, I had an Instagram message um, about a month ago because uh, somebody wanted to know specifically towards menopause. Oh, are you going to tell me to move more and eat less? I'm going to go and research before I tell you that, but probably the answer is probably that I was right. It was a bit more complex than that, but I yeah. could have put that as verbatim yep that's what the, that's what the science is saying eat less and and move more but i think what you touched upon is obviously going to have other factors that are going to improve as well you know mood confidence self-esteem and i think people don't wager those things in the same way as weight loss Whereas, whereas I would probably look at it as, hey, that's a ma- that's a lot bigger win when we're talking about self esteem, confidence, and your overall mood skyrocketing compared to what a scale says. And and I imagine this connects back to what we were mentioning a couple minutes ago about why things fail too. Yes, I totally agree that restriction is not the answer, and yes, one hundred percent, we need to better understand what we're eating, what to prioritize. What does a caloric deficit look like? How do we come back from that after we've met our goals, et cetera? But one of the biggest things that I see for people is not really feeling like what they're saying their goal is is important. I am, I imagine that, you know, if I said, oh, what's your goal? And you said, I want to lose five pounds, right? I think a lot of people just believe they should want to lose weight or whatever the the goal might be but they don't actually care about that thing but again when we 
connect it to what you actually find important. Like, okay, what, how would losing five pounds shift your life? Oh, I'd be able to keep up with my kids and, and go for a run without feeling in pain, right? Those are the things now that we can connect in a bigger picture to the benefit of lo- losing five pounds. Because yes, yeah, sir, sure, for, for a lot of people, losing five pounds can be beneficial. But again, to your point, it's mood, it's movement, it's our connection with family, it's improving our job, it's you know any number of things. But if we don't have that thought in mind when we're working on the things that we're working on, we can very easily fall off. Well, I think um, because because I've been willing to go into that spiritual sense, you know, the emotion. Right. Um, I'm going to have a go at the males now because this is this is generally factors when it comes to difference between men and women. This is why you need to obviously be more have an emotional attachment to the goal as opposed to logic. As in, okay, if you want to logically uh, lose five pounds, um, I was com- I had a conversation just yesterday. The person thought their behavior was irrational. Logically, that's the case. But emotionally, if there's an, att- an attachment to why you put on X number of pounds, that's the trigger. So that's the reason why you've got to where you're at. Uh, so there is obviously psychology behind behaviors, but I think a lot of people will think of it more logically as, hey, I want to get from A to B as quickly as possible. But if there's no uh, emotional attachment to anything, so if you look at any advertisement on the TV now, there's emotion attached to everything that that is being promoted. There's a reason behind that, but obviously that's psychological. But you can do the exact same thing with your goals and you will have the motivation because that is the kick up the ass when you don't want to do it. Oh, I don't feel like it today. Oh, but I said I wanted to be able to keep up with the kids. I don't I don't want to be out of breath. Those, yep. those, those are potentially your words. Okay, you and I can utilize that, but that we're not doing it out of malice but we're reminding you as hey you've told me you want to get out of these pains to achieve this outcome mm-hmm. how much do you want it i'm quite buzzed by just talking about it so that's that's motivation <laughs> but in terms of that that kind of shows the passion that sarah will go to as mm. i had somebody question my intent about probably three four years ago because they thought oh you're more motivational and inspirational when you were a sport I thought, oh i'll hear you out because I, mm-hmm. I i think i know you i obviously didn't but the 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 long story short as they thought i was obviously capitalizing of it from a business but i it's like well i'm more passionate of what i do now and that's case in point right there a few seconds before of what i was ever like as an athlete if I had mm. the same amount of passion to my day job now as I did in athletics, gosh, who knows what I would have achieved. Yeah. And it's almost like unfortunate to have that realization, right? Similar to what I was mentioning earlier, if I had the level of nutrition knowledge a quarter, you know, 10% of what I have now, how my athletics would have been different similarly, right? Well, um, hindsight twenty twenty. A hundred percent. And, and that's growth too. Right. And, and so that's real. Um, but just, just to kind of, um, put a cherry on top of that statement that you were just making, 
uh, when I do first start talking to people about their goals, a lot of times they do start at surface level, right? But I like to ask specifically, why is that important to you twice? Because I think that's when you start to get into some of those nitty gritty, right? So if it's, I want to lose X number of pounds, why is that important to you? Um, you know, I, I, my knees hurt. Okay, so why is your knees feeling better important to you? And then we get into keeping up with the kids or going for a run or, or whatever. And that's really the important thing. And then to the point about using your own words, which can be super, super powerful. Um, I also like to create mantra-like statements with people that they can almost use when they're making decisions, right? So hypothetically, it's um, from that example I just gave of wanting to keep up with your kids and wanting to go for a run. If we create a mantra statement that says, I'm a runner, and even if that individual doesn't feel like that's their identity right now, understanding that that's what we're working towards is important. That's the identity we're trying to create. Because I think that then connects to like um, opening the door to make lifestyle shifts, mindset shifts. This is a big picture shift. It's not a diet I'm doing for 30 days and then, you know, going back to real life or whatever. Um, but I also see that as a being a tool that if you're faced with, you know, X decision or Y decision, when you think about I'm a runner, what choice makes more sense, you know, with that in mind? Um, that might have been a little all over the place. If people are to search the I am statement, be it Spotify's got loads of them. YouTube. Yep. I bet has it in terms of it will come up with how would I describe it? It's affirmation affirmation tool and it could do towards health, it could do towards money, it could be to, and I was actually it's, it's coincidental that you bring it up, Sarah. I was listening to one earlier today about obviously wealth creation and and um oh what's the other word for it? abundance mm. and that's obviously a meditation one of of being able to picture uh loads and loads of money around you obviously it 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 it, it it's probably a little bit awkward mm. i'm coming back to your point of you don't quite believe it but the the i think this goes with nicely what we, we talk about at the very beginning of, of language this is something that's positive because it's you might not believe it, but this is where the brain is very malleable and very much you can mold it into whatever you want to. Because it, it, if you say if you say something enough, oh, obviously Sarah or James want this to happen. Let's obviously let's start yeah. to utilize the imagination and the dreams to 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 obviously cultivate that. To what does that look like? How does it make the person feel? And okay, you described at the top of the episode of that your coach saying that you're fat. Obviously, you're going to use the negative right. language that goes with that. So it's it's an amazing tool to be able to have in your arsenal because I almost 
challenge people to to challenge their beliefs and and be once you're able to obviously establish a positive one it's, it's more it's it's a lot easier to do it because it's like okay this negative thought that i've got or belief that maybe not mine but there and it's deep rooted hey i've got something just as strong let's go to let's have a fight and see which one wins whereas you if can do something about it, right? you can actually do something to obviously change, take <laughs> hold and okay i've been taught more from a coaching perspective of you know cutting the head off of this of this the identity that no longer serves you that's easier said than done that's very very difficult to do um for for a person that's probably in our shoes in sport being in a sporting but probably easier because we've got an identity that we may be thought of being lost or no longer serves us but we've got a, an identity to fall back on to kind of go well, okay it's society that's telling me my values are wrong my values of competition is not wrong um my work ethic etc is obviously skewed it's slightly different than other people's perceptions obviously that's very subjective but those can serve us now because it's like well okay let me cherry pick these skill sets that i've already got okay that's not that's not helpful the 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 competitive competitive nature to be cutthroat in some things it probably would serve us but for the majority not because obviously we're gonna just butt heads for the sake of it and we might get a kick okay. out of it people laugh when i when i bring it up as like oh I, you, you like to have conversation with people so yeah because it's fun if it if i'm trying to obviously win the argument and i know that they can come on side obviously there's a purpose whereas having an argument for the sake of it which i used to do and have the negative mm -hmm. outcome doesn't serve me or the other person and obviously they'll never come back because like, i don't like james dick uh, i'm gonna go with right. somebody else um but that obviously enables that individual in in that athletic mindset to kind of go okay this this narrative that i'm telling myself right now where's it come from and do i believe it so yeah. if you're able to do that you already got an identity kind of go well, okay it, it could be that with you i don't really think this is the case but i'll use an example oh, i'm fat now nah. i'm going to put something alongside that and see which one wins oh that's gone right with me, it was it was a teacher that said, told me in high school I would amount to nothing. Mm. I I used that all throughout my athletic career. It don't serve me now because somebody brought it to my attention when they listened to me as a guest on a show and they said, "Why are you so angry?" Okay, I don't think that. But if you think by listening to me, I come across as this is a couple of years ago. But if I come across as angry. I need to change that because if people think that I'm angry because of what happened, gosh, how long ago was it? 20 years ago? Much more than 20 years ago, there's a problem because I, uh, I should be able to forgive the individual, which I've done. I'm not doing it in person, but I've done a exercise where you write an apology letter, which is very, and I probably need to do one, to, and you set fire to it and then let it go. I'd like to have a discussion with him as what was the motives behind saying yeah. that to me on a on 
almost a weekly basis because it didn't serve me any good until I changed schools. And what would have happened differently if that wouldn't have been the case? I don't, I don't want to, well, I'm not going to contemplate, but what could have happened differently if I hadn't changed schools and went in a different direction? Okay. Sport, it obviously served me because I was able to showcase confidence and things like that so people almost kind of go well how come you're almost like two different people how's that possible but this is where i i thrive i can be somebody slightly different and i and i had i spoke to a sports psychologist previously on the show she she believes that you need to from a social media perspective you need to have two two alter egos i think in our space maybe not because that's the problem with instagram is this false false narrative of when people look at the the instagram influencers are they they're perfect whereas if they were to showcase maybe half of what's going in their lives people would kind of go okay you you are normal and you do have problems. Yeah. And I almost think that connects back to what we were saying very early on too of uh, either being zero or a hundred, right? When you can show that there is middle ground or that we all do wrestle with, you know, past beliefs about ourselves, about mindset issues, about, you know, struggles with motivation, confidence, habits, fill in the blank. If we can show that we struggle with those things too, and that we have solutions to support, you know, overcoming them or how to strategize around when they do come up, I, I imagine that that connects to viewers knowing, liking, and trusting you, right? I'm not putting out there that I'm some perfect, you know, nutritional eater or lifestyle person or fitness person, whatever. None of that is real. I see myself as a real life human that has worked hard to establish some of these things. And, and again, to what you were just saying, has overcome a lot of um, pushback in different ways, whether it be from teachers or coaches or just life hardships in different ways to figure out what works for me and how do I put that in place. And now I believe that I can help other people with that too um through a lot of the things that we were already just discussing as well um but it's that reality that is missing from a lot of social media a lot of um forward-facing content of any kind yeah well, I, th- I think in fairness to social media you've seen a shift in the last sure. two years in terms of people want to see vulnerability they want to see people being genuine and they 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 will easily being able to see through the fluff as oh that person's not being real so I I'm gonna or already make a a a judgment call as hey if you're not gonna be real dude I I'll go and follow somebody else or or I'll I'll look to start whatever it is myself be it YouTube because uh, one thing that. I did for one of uh, not my followers, but one of my people that that are on my Facebook because he's a chef, mm. and he was sharing a lot of content of everybody else. I was like, "Well, when when are you going to do that for yourself?" I think you've got the skill sets. If you you've you've you're you're a good chef, 
when are you going to start? He's not, but as in terms, that might be for definite. There's an element of self doubt, um, procrastination. There's all sorts of things built into there of of you and I face that uh, from let's get started on on social media because there's that pre, uh, preconceived idea that doesn't exist of it's people going to hate it before it's even put out. So I need to make it perfect before it sees the light of day. Um, so I would probably contemplate that's probably what was going through his head because it's like, well, I can't be as good as so so mm. and so in that space. It's like, well, and my coach brought it up last week. Why don't you go and I I've not done this, but because I don't want to. But if you looked at say Mr. Beast for example, because he's massive on YouTube, go to the where he very first started to kind of give you a starting point as opposed to looking right now which i think most people do they look at their finished article go to the beginning and kind of go what does it look like is the is the lighting poor is the audio crap the answer probably yes okay that's your starting point to compare against what's stopping you now and i this is something i definitely wrestled with too of of being vulnerable because I thought that if I you know for example one of the things that I had shared recently in a post um, on my website was that like there was a time after graduating college when I felt so bad about myself and had no idea what to do I would just cry like all night right and and just what am I going to do I feel like shit I hate my body I you know I'm not attractive all that kind of you know, chatter. And I thought that sharing that would make me appear weak or unable to support people. Or why would somebody trust me when in reality, it's more likely that someone be like, oh shit, I've been in that similar situation. Maybe it doesn't look exactly the same, but if that's where you've been and that's where I've been now, we connect, right? And similar to like putting a video out like Mr. Beast's old stuff, right? It's it's the same idea of um, trying to do something to move yourself forward, um, connecting with that vulnerability, that that helps people trust us even more and, and ideally move forward in a way that also supports them and their goals too. Yeah, super interesting. Well, I think it comes back to repetition, repetition, repetition. That's all it is. It doesn't matter what it is, what space, what arena. It's doing the repetitions. And and how do you get good at, good at something? You do something over and over and over again. You either obviously eventually say, no, nah, I don't want to do it. I want, I want somebody else to do it because they're better at it. Uh, they get more of a, a dr- they're more driven to do it uh, or they get more robust out of it. Or for, for arguments that you, it's a buzzkill for you. You've you've attempted it. You know you've got the understanding of it, and you choose not to do it. That's not the mm. same thing of kind of going. Well, I've tried it, and I'll quit. Um, and there's a good quote that I was listening to this morning. Of it is David Goggins, but obviously David Goggins is not on social media, but obviously he's got loads and loads of content out there. Of mm-hmm. What was it? So I so I don't butcher it. Yep. Is where are we Thursday? 
you haven't tried enough. <laughs> I just listened to him on a podcast the other day and something along those lines that he said was it like struck me that he was like, if it's something you really want, you'll figure out how to do it. Right. Like you'll figure out the time. And, and that was like, I think it's one of those things that you, you know, but to hear it in those words of like, if you actually care enough about it, you'll figure it out. Right. Like we figure out how to watch football games that we care about or that, you know, go out for friends, you know, with friends that we care about. And we should do those things certainly, but to say that we don't have time to also care about our food, to also care about our mindset, to also care about our fitness or, or fill in the blank with any number of things. There's just a different level of care there that we're not acknowledging. Maybe. Oh, that's, that's the hard. That's where it gets quite not awkward. It gets very challenging because if somebody put, sure. okay, as we're recording, it's 24 days away from Christmas. I've not heard that as an objection yet but i'm waiting for it but in terms of and i was laughing with this with family earlier today it's just another time of another way of saying it's not the right time right but that doesn't exist there's never going to be the opportune time to do anything Um, and that's hard to hear but that's the truth in terms of you and I probably could take for granted that the, the level of dedication execution that we've got because we can fall back on it. It's pretty much been there since you were seven or eight years old for me, probably about the same age. So the, the, it's, it's, it's innately almost in me, in my DNA and yours included because the, the where you're the most malleable as an individual between zero and seven years old. So we've already created a habit that's going to serve us for the rest of our lives at that opportune time. So the, the commitment thing of, you know, doing the, 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 the mundane tasks of, of running a business is very boring. I can, and I think you can agree with that. This repetitive task day in, day out. Um, and some people hate them. And one of those things was messaging. People. I love it. I love it. And mm. people, I think, okay, that was a fellow coach. I thought I was weird. Like I, it's an opportunity to me have another conversation with another human being. And I do not know where it's going to go. So for me, I don't get excited about it, but I do, I do enjoy the aspect of doing that mundane task of pretty much, well, we're not going to do 365 days a year, but pretty close and that is one of the core principles of of the job is to do that, to do other things that you don't necessarily want to do. That's probably why I like my job now versus say maybe five years ago because I did a video on it on um, why I, I fucked up my business and somebody said, oh, are you okay? It's like, no, if you'd have watched this thing from start to finish, you would understand uh, and and somebody knew in my audience they they liked the vulnerability that i shared but i made it relatable to health and fitness as you could do this 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 and this and these are re- these are very much tangibles that go to, and obviously i thought about it before i did the video but that i was going to be vulnerable to share that because it was obviously important 
but these are the lessons that you can take away. Obviously, the person that said, "Are you okay?" didn't. I, I, I probably, I, I messaged him, but I, I commented back and didn't reply. I said, "I'm fine. How are you?" But he didn't reply. Um, but obviously, I was fine. I, I was sharing something because I'm comfortable with where I'm at to to disclose a massive failure. But that was because I wasn't willing to be. I wasn't organized. Uh, I I like I like clarity. I like structure. Everything that we've talked about today, I I didn't have. I assumed because what I'd achieved in my sporting life, people would be coming flocking to me, and mm. that is far from the truth. Unless you're massive, massive. Uh, I don't know. Say. Uh, I don't know about in the US, so say somebody like in this country, Joe Wicks, that's the body coach, that people know just by the what his, his title is, oh, that person works in health and fitness, oh, he might be able to help me. Um, if that's not the case, you've got to work at it. And okay, some of that is, I'm not going to say it's not hard work, but I pretty much do a lot of things on autopilot because I've done it consistently. And this is something we didn't touch upon of being, because um, you said about work ethic related to work and uh, and generational is productivity. So I, th- mm. and obviously people have been in their houses for two years companies were the most productive that they've ever been so it's difference between productivity and actually work so if you're more if you are more productive with your time you can get something done you and i know we could do exercise in five minutes and get the same benefit from doing an hour but we've got the we've got the know-how we've got the experience and obviously we know where to go as okay i've got this amount of time what can I do in five minutes? Boom, 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 done. Let's go. Let's let's have a shower and then go do something else. But maybe for somebody else, oh, the rhetoric is I need to train an hour, two, three. We're going into bodybuilding territory now, three, four hours. <laughs> but you're right though. Like but, and then it just I can't do it. So I have to put it off till Monday, till next year, till Christmas, you know, all those no perfect time excuses. Or you know, I yeah, excuses I guess. Well, I, I I've I've tried to get my head around this. Is it an excuse? Is it an objection? Wrestling with that myself. Obviously, for you and I, it's an it's an excuse. It's like, well, yeah. come on. If you give me the problem, I'd solve it. Here you go, solved. <laughs> you wanted that fix? Oh, I've done it. Oh, you you weren't gone long. Yeah, because it's easy. For me, it's easy mm-hmm. for you and me, and any finished professional listening, it's easy. But for maybe for somebody else, it's the baggage that goes with it. So it's having obviously finding that yeah. that leeway and that common ground to find. Well, okay, how much do you want it, or is it? Because I had a conversation just yesterday, person got very defensive because I kind of went no we're not we're not going to go to the next stage because you've said one of your uh, things is to do about money Mm. so it's more because they said that they wasted their time I kind of went I haven't wasted mine 
so why do you feel that you wasted 30 to 45 minutes of your time they felt frustrated because they couldn't obviously pay for it okay that's the real reason right i think rewind six months ago i would have gone on the offensive as well hey you're shouting at me and they weren't shouting but obviously they're very very the, the tonality obviously elevated but that's an evolution in myself because okay why are you getting frustrated what let's 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 bring the the tonality down a little bit and and okay why do you believe you've wasted your time they did say i've wasted my time it's like that's a massive assumption to make <laughs> yeah i've wasted my time yeah, not about I'm, my in, time. <laughs> I'm in my head yeah i'd soon let you know I wouldn't say that anyway, because that's that's as a as a fitness professional is a big no no. You wouldn't say oh, I've wasted my time, right? But yes, it, it is hard to hear when people say they're frustrated because they can't go to the next stage. Hey, that's mm. not my that's that's not your fault. That's not my fault. That's not their fault. That's circumstance. Mm -hmm. That's to a certain extent of it. Sh it shows the willingness to go to self development. Because mm. you're able to 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 remove emotion in that case, and in fairness to them, obviously new to my audience, and one of the first messages they sent me was about cost, mm. which was very interesting. This, I I said hello and I didn't get hello back. Like how, how do we know each other? And then that I was like. And I almost had to explain, well, I can't give you a cost because I don't even know what's going on. I don't know you. I don't know your problem. I don't even know if I can be the solution. Is that fair to say? At least they agreed. Do you mind that I obviously ask you questions and then I can see if I can help? But it's almost that assumption straight away that... Oh, Sarah is a health health and fitness professional. James is a health and professional. Insert any name that you can think about. Oh, they might be the solution. You might hate us. Right. For whatever reason. And obviously gut reaction is, is pretty instant. It's in the mm -hmm. first 10 seconds. Oh, I hate, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, it could be this is going to be harsh but obviously it's, it's one way to show an example oh, i hate sarah's hair color could be as simple yeah. as that no you're there's right no lo there's no logical explanation as to why that's the reason but it could be that down to 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 obviously probably show a real a real life one for me people couldn't relate to me as an athlete oh you're on this pedestal that i hadn't created like okay well how do i close the gap with that and obviously i had to be vulnerable because it's like okay i am a human being i've just had um well they were priorities single mindedness and and one track mind to to stop at nothing to get that that as a goal uh and obviously that's commitment that's what yeah. that was my well it wasn't one of the other drive obviously the other ones is graduate high school um, because I I would have never been able to leave my house because my mom and dad would have, <laughs> would have been very angry with me yeah, uh, if yeah. I hadn't got I haven't got a high school diploma. But 
that was the singular focus. If people say, well, could you have applied yourself better in academia? Yes, but I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. But that's the choice that I made. Okay, now I'm 20-something years older. It's something real that I realized only as a senior because my school mm -hmm. was a little bit weird because it was smart kids were sporty and vice versa. And I was like, oh, I can't really do much with my GPA now. It's too late. I can, I can maybe fractionally change it, but I can't make massive strides to to mm -hmm. get on um, the, the honor roll and things on the honor uh, no, roll and, and things like that because it's too late. I've, I've done the damage as a sophomore and a junior. Mm. but I made my bed and I laid in it and people say well why why are we so successful in sport because that's what I wanted to do since mm. I can remember but I think so I don't go off too much on a tangent that's where I think maybe people lose sight especially in health and fitness with their goals is that they, they don't have a specific plan on What's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? What am I going to be able to wear? And things like that. It's just service level with what you mentioned, Sarah, with I want to lose five pounds, but there's no substance behind it. Whereas right. you may or may not have a plan in terms of going from high school to the collegiate level. I did since I was probably about five years old. I want to be a professional athlete. I managed to make that happen. But that's a dream I had as a five-year-old. And it was like, right. well, and mine kind of haphazardly happened. Like the, dot, the 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 building blocks kind of fitted on top of each other. So that's obviously having no structure and no plan. But I think as a young individual, it's a lot easier because the environment shapes you. Because it's like, well, you're hanging around with those types of people. That is quite uh, well. Success is obviously subjective, but in terms of they don't drink, they don't smoke, don't do any anything that would harm performance. So for me, anything outside of that that box, uh, don't need to touch exactly. that. Don't need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and and it's cool that you're able to look back and recognize the differences in your thought process around different elements of your life and equally that's I think where a lot of people struggle today um, and not believing that it's possible you know and and certainly with different topics it might be more true or, or more false but um if you don't understand the process, the timeline, what to expect, uh, that it's a possibility if you do X, Y, Z, that's a much clearer journey and, and ideally more successful than if it was simply following something from five years old just by, I don't want to say luck, but like that's where you found yourself. And so that's the path you followed, right? Now it might take a different level of effort if if does that make sense mm -hmm. well that's the, that's an argument isn't it in terms of luck what is luck chance some people don't believe in luck it's like well it's got to be some element of that for things to align 
so perfectly mm-hmm. okay it could be infinite wisdom the universe that's a belief to, to a certain extent as this i'm not going to say i'm not going to sit here and say there wasn't an element of luck i still had to do the work but and oh. and things like that but for my family to be so resolute in the way that they were to kind of you know put the foundations in place and all i had to do is follow and then and then make my path that's an element of luck because you you don't get to your parents you don't get to pick the family that you've got and where you happen to be born that's an element of divine divine intervention without going into religion too much but my family are very very stubborn so they don't mm. take no's very easily <laughs> without uh-huh. you having give me if you can't give me a definitive reason as to why it's a definitive no i'll kind of not to necessarily to prove it wrong but kind of go well okay i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna show you that it can be done because mm. for whatever reason i think this is goggins as well 99% of people that have never tried what you're trying to achieve. So why would you believe them in the, this is my, my bit, I'll add on to it. Why would you believe what they're saying? Cause there's only 1% of those people that you should be listening to and they've done it and probably they were, they would have succeeded cause they've, they've done it. And that's, they're not going to dissuade you from doing something if you believe in it enough, because th- those are the people that would potentially be your role models or mentor you as hey you want to achieve what i've what i've done let me show show you that route and you don't have to take any of the hard road that i did you you take that with open arms i think it was one it's a business coach on tiktok he he used an example of if steve not steve jobbed elon musk gave you a position to work for him for a whole year and they didn't pay you anything what would you do obviously yeah. jump at it but yeah. some people might go oh well it's not fair that he's not paying me yeah but that dude's got so much knowledge if you could implement i don't know say one percent of that right right what could happen ten percent obviously the, 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 if you were able to and you've got that person as a resource to to be able to go okay I've got this idea. What's your thoughts on it? Mm. And obviously they maybe make it a reality. <laughs> so it's, it's, it definitely comes back to what you forementioned as Sarah with, with, with the belief, because we spent an age and I'm talking to the audience now of being subjected to to kind of go you need to think this way you need to think this way you need to to pretty much that for the majority i would say say 50 percent people listening they were quite happy to leave school once they graduated because mm-hmm. they saw the back of it oh, i never need to be never to be never to be taught again don't need to learn anything and obviously that is a hiding to nothing straight away if you start to think like that because you there is so much mm. untapped potential from a brain capacity that we 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 have we we have access to but we're not able to tap into so you're thinking well 
that should excite people if they were willing to investigate it because hey, if you've got untapped potential that the brain's able to do that right. most human beings are not able to do that's quite scary what you could do with it both positively and negatively obviously there's going to be always two sides mm -hmm. of that um and same uh that my coach she he, he gave a book and i can't remember the net title of it does the exact same thing with persuading people you could i think the the four four words in the book says to be good for use for good or evil depending on how the person wants to use it mm -hmm. but that all comes back to but limiting beliefs that comes to behavior habits dreams ambitions and it all starts with you as an individual because you, you are innately capable of doing anything it's just willing to 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 believe that you can do it and what i want to end on before i give you the floor sarah is obviously you've heard of the tates so if people haven't you know as in the the suppose he's a chauvinistic person bald bald guy okay oh yes yes yeah yes. you know exactly. who it is mm -hmm. they've come out with an email sequence pretty much what we've talked about as you know belief uh the world doesn't owe you anything and obviously you need to have a little bit of a bee in your bonnet or an axe to grind or sh like a chip on your shoulder to go after things i saw that today and i kind of went well in that obvious that those are the only three things you need to be, mm. to be able to be successful at anything because obviously the world doesn't owe you anything and the world keeps spinning around regardless yeah. you need to you need to believe in yourself because nobody else other than maybe family really does really care and mm -hmm. that last one with i said with the axiogram i don't agree with that to some extent because obviously that's not helpful because you could be very um what's what i want to use get very angry very quickly because yeah. everybody oh, I've, everybody's against me so i need to prove everybody wrong but mm -hmm. then they might be there to help you and support you and you're not willing to hear criticism which could help you to accelerate even quicker but obviously he gets there's a there's generally speaking there's a negative association with those brothers mm -hmm. But you would think that's just those three things are common sense. I do this, 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 and this over and over again. Good things will happen. But mm. I guess people want to make it more difficult than it than it needs to be, and they're not willing to take. You know, simplicity wins nine times out of ten. It doesn't need to be difficult. It's just do the easy. They do the simple things over and over again. They're not nice things to do. But they work. And I, you know, I think that a lot of times people think it has to be complicated for it to be effective. That's, I mean, that's why they uh, stray towards those really complicated diets for you know short periods of time that are super intense because it feels like you're doing something. However, in the big picture not necessarily the answer in that sense and i didn't mean to cut you off before you were it's ending right. but yeah you know mm -hmm. it's all right 
So I think we're coming to the end of the episode. I don't. I. I'm. I'm not going to try and guess how long this one is. That's up to you guys listening. Because <laughs> um, obviously Zoom is what we see is slightly different. Because we were talking before that. But I like to end the show and ask this of all my guests. And as your coach, you get you get the privilege of this. This doesn't get asked often in, in a two parter. But obviously, I'll do the first yeah. one to start with. If you got to sit down with any athlete dead or alive for that matter who would that be and why hmm. Hmm. um i feel like it's kind of a nerdy answer but the first person that i thought of is michael phelps um coming from a swimming background i loved um when swimming was on the world stage I, I you know I imagine that you can relate to this too but feeling like it wasn't always considered a you know popular sport a a, a real sport whatever you want to say um that's that's what I had heard at least growing up and when the Olympics came around when um especially an athlete from the U.S. like he was so awesome to watch and and speaking of vulnerability he's been through some shit I don't know if you know about that but like different drug issues depression all these kinds of things but he's been so vocal about it and the help that he sought and you know his whole journey through athletics and long story short I think I just really uh, admire that level of commitment and also um willingness to share what you have going on in an effort to support other people so maybe nerdy but that's who i would pick <laughs> that's, that's fair that's fair to say and from a coaching perspective who who would you like to sit down who's dead or alive and why coach hmm. um This is an interesting one because, um, you know, I don't I admit I don't watch a lot of sports. I don't keep up with a lot of sports these days. Um, so I'm not sure, but I think I'm drawn to the uh, businessy type, motivational type coaches like Tony Robbins and um, Gary V and and I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but those big picture thinkers and, and debatably they wouldn't even consider themselves coaches per se, but in the way that they support someone like me, that's how I see it. So, um, you know, I would say someone along those lines and it would probably be, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say Tony Robbins just because I think he's a charismatic personality as well. So being able to have conversations with someone like that would be, would be awesome. Oh, yeah. He's got that film, film presence as well. Most, yeah. most people go watch comedies. He's, 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 <laughs> he's in a lot of those movies. Mm. So my final question before we wrap up the episode, Sarah, if you had to summarize into one sentence, 
what we've spoken about today for people to take away, what would that be? Visualizing the self that you're looking to become is extremely powerful and taking even the smallest steps forward to get there are helpful. Is that in one sentence? An and in the it's middle? Hard. That's why some people have been, na- <laughs> been naughty and they've added, can I, can I expand on it? So Sarah, once again, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Must be my absolute pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this episode and got loads from it. Anything that was included and discussed will be available in the show notes below. And I would love to hear from you. Come and connect and ask your questions. I've been James Roberts from jamesowenroberts.com. Remember this quote by Chris Hoth. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute, not by some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete.